Tom D'Antoni with you for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation at Artichoke Music, which is located at 2007 Southeast Powell Boulevard. Ever wondered what a music publicist and manager really does? Alex Steininger from In Music We Trust is here to let us in on the secrets. I get a million emails a day from publicists wanting in on OMN, and Alex is one of my very favorites, and that's why we've invited him back. Next week, we'll have our second video episode, another couple who are both working musicians, Lisa Mann and Alan Markell, and they'll perform for us right here at Artichoke. Right now, let's meet Alex Steinecker. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Good. Tom, thank notice, you. Notice I have no questions prepared. Beautiful. Nothing in this hand, nothing in that hand. I see, yeah. And so therefore, I can therefore welcome you to the cafe at Artichoke Music. Thank you. Glad Alex. to be here. It's always nice. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been a long time. have seen you for a while. You yeah. were on this uh, podcast uh, at, at one point. Yeah. A while back. Are you still living in Northwest at the same uh, place? I am. I oh, am. nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, okay, well, let's see. Uh, in Music We Trust is still available? It's still around? Yes, it is. Still around, yeah. And your, your, main, your main gig is still as a publicist? Uh, PR and management, yes. Yeah. Though I have one... Uh, That's I've... different than a publicist. Yeah. How? Well, management to me is I, I do whatever the client needs, whether it's booking, PR, yeah. shop for TV placements, uh -huh. shop for a record label, uh -huh. um, coordinate band practice, whatever the band needs for management. That's basically what I do. And then PR is just strictly publicity. All right. All right. And you still like it? Uh, most days, yeah. There's days where, <laughs> no, I, I, I curse a lot and I'm frustrated and I'm like, man, why couldn't I be like my friend and go in computer programming? <laughs> It's been a long time since in, in, in Music We Trust got started. Yeah, I started in Music We Trust July 15th, 1997. You know the date? I do know the date, yeah, because uh, I've reread my bio a few times. I had, a, <laughs> I had to write, write a bio for the Oregon Music Hall of Fame for me, uh -huh. and so I took my Music We Trust bio, which had the date in it, so yeah, I've reread my bio a few times, yeah. and I've sent it to a few potential clients, so uh -huh. um, I've just reread my bio a few times, so I do know the date. <laughs> we, in Music We Trust launched uh, July 15th, 1997. Wow. And the original domain, um, I can't, I can't remember what the original domain, but it wasn't in musicwetrust.com. It was back, you know, when yeah. GeoCities gave you like subdomains and stuff. <laughs> it was something like <laughs> imwt.geocities.com or something. I, I don't know. GeoCities, man. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> back then. I mean, when we launched for the first month that in Musical Trust launched, I had AOL. I didn't even have access to the web. So I yeah. had to go to my friend's house to even look at my our, our magazine. Well, that's how a lot yeah. of people got on. The first, the first way that they could get on the online was AOL. Exactly, yeah. And so I had AOL. I'm I, not ashamed. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it, it was weird. I had AOL, and then my friend had Teleport. Yeah. And so I'd go to his house and look and be like, oh, the magazine looks great. And then I'd go back to AOL, you know, message boards and like post oh, yeah. about it. And yeah, people would yeah. be like, why are you posting it here? We don't, none of us can access that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just proud and excited. And then, I don't know. Six weeks, two months in, yeah. AOL announced their first web browser, and then I had access oh, yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Remember the disks they would send you? I, I do, yeah. Weekly? I do. Um, <laughs> actually, the first girl I ever had a crush with in elementary school, um, back in high school when AOL was sending out those disks, yeah. um, I was too afraid to call her. So I sent her an AOL disk with, in, the, in the name field, and you could put a memo on it, too. Yeah. So I just basically... Like, hey, this is Alex from elementary school. Call me. <laughs> and uh, she did one night. She's like, um, my dad's really pissed off. We got like 40 AOL discs, <laughs> all with messages from you to me. Because they would mail them for free. So I'm like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I mean, not very green, but it worked. It did the trick. She called me. So, you know, Facebook wasn't around. I couldn't just like, you know, communicate that yeah, way. Yeah, That's how I got my career started again. Really, I was living in Baltimore when that, all, all that stuff was happening in 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 the, in the late nineties, and uh, uh, I was I was a, 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 a wedding DJ. Oh wow! I mean, I'd had a whole career in television and radio and 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 print, right? Yeah. And then I had a big crash, and then uh, and and then all of a sudden I got I got on AOL, and started talking and started instant messages yeah. was how I got back into writing. Wow! You know. And sort of rediscovered that I, that I could do it and, had, and, and make people laugh and get people interested. And, and, uh, uh, and I started writing from that. Yeah. 
also found the woman I came out uh, to to Oregon to be with. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was one of those. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Put everything in an 18-foot truck. Damn. Here I here I looks like a pioneer. What year was that? 97. Damn, okay. Yeah. 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 That was at the at the at the probably the peak of AOL. Yeah, definitely was. Yeah. 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 I mean, I get curious at night before I go to bed. I'll just like go down weird rabbit holes and look up stuff. And yeah. I don't know, a couple months ago, I was like, I wonder if AOL's still around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. still a company. Yeah. Um, Steve Jobs, I believe, is no longer involved. But I was reading up. And, but Steve Jobs is still a billionaire. That that height of AOL made him a billionaire. Ballmer. So whatever. Huh? It wasn't Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is AOL. Ballmer is Microsoft. Yeah. Jobs was AOL? Yeah. Steve Jobs. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. You should. <laughs> I don't know. And the Balmer's Microsoft, and Balmer owns the LA Clippers now. I know that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh huh. Well, anyway, there was a Steve. Oh. There was a no, Steve. No, sorry. Steve Jobs, Apple. You're right. I'm getting confused. Right. You're, you're totally right, right, right. right. I meant Steve Case. Steve Case? I believe Steve Case was AOL. Why were they all named Steve? Except, I don't know. except, except for Gates. Gates, you're right. Yeah. I got to look that Everybody up. Everybody else was named Steve. People are listening to this and being like, man, <laughs> this is some really inaccurate Speaking stuff. Speaking of rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, you know, it's funny because people, are, uh, are, are, people get ridiculed. People who have AOL um, emails now yeah. get ridiculed r regularly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just was emailing a friend the other day. And he had an AOL. I'm like, when are you going to get a real email? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> it is real email. I got your email. And I just right. looked it up. It was Steve Case. Jobs, obviously Apple. Don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah. But Steve Case, yes. Steve Case. Oh, anyway. Jobs was a billionaire too. Whatever. They're all billionaires. Oh, but yeah, that's true. Except, except Jobs, who's dead. Yeah, well, he died a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and his, his wife is a billionaire now. Well, you know, uh, Cousin Joe, great old blues singer from New Orleans, he's wrote, uh, I had never seen an armored car on a funeral yet. That's true. I never seen an armored car in a funeral yet. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> There's this Thai restaurant I used to go to a lot, uh -huh. and the owner was just so generous. Uh -huh. um, and I was, I'd always be like, "Why are you so generous?" And he goes, "Can't take money to heaven, whatever." Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, about how many about how many bands are you handling these days? Right now, I'm doing press for three and managing six. Whoa. Yeah. Well, you were always like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it keeps me busy. Yeah, yeah. You know, eke out a living. Yeah. You were always the big energy guy. You always, you know, ever, ever, since I have, ever since I knew you, you had like tons of energy. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I get that a lot. I know. You, when yeah. you get old, it'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Um, uh, tell me about some of your bands. Okay. Um, let's see. Right now, I got this. I got this band Sasparilla that I manage that uh -huh. does really well. Uh -huh. um, they just completed a new record, which yeah. we're working on setting the release date, uh -huh. um, probably f a fall. I was trying to push it to next year. Band is not okay with that, so we're looking oh, at fall. It sounds like an Americana band I mean, from the name. They def definitely. Well, originally, when they first started out, they were Sasparilla Jug Band. Oh. Like 9, 10, mm -hmm. 12 mm -hmm. years ago. I don't know. Mm -hmm. A long time ago. Um, but then, like, after a year of doing that, they just became Sasparilla and dropped the Jug Band and stopped being a Jug Band. And we're more <laughs> Americana, but as they've progressed, they've definitely changed. Um, they're, two records ago, they just made a really good, they made a really strong pop record. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Blackwell, the, the principal songwriter, the mastermind behind it all says there's there's two hats for him one's a studio guy and one's the live performance uh -huh. and he want, he always he likes to make them different he's not one of those guys that wants to make a record and then pull it off live ex note for note huh. but then on the last record because a lot of fans were like uh yeah right he made a double <laughs> we came here to hear the album yeah yeah he made a double the last one was a double record he made uh -huh. um and the first record it was like you know super poppy uh -huh. on some stuff more american other stuff but still really well produced, uh, produced by Chet Leister from, from the Eels. Uh -huh. um, and the second record was just this record he recorded at home, very loose, free. They're, li they're live shows. So he gave fans a double record to be like, here, I'm still going to make what I want to make, yeah. but I'm going to give yeah. you a record you want to because I understand you're, you're the lifeblood. Right, right. And then the new record is kind of a, a mixture of all that because uh -huh. the new record is something they can definitely pull off live, but it's, 
it's way more raw, kind of more blues, uh -huh. um, blues rock influence. And I hate saying blues rock because people different people have different connotations of yeah, that. They, they sure but, do. But it's yeah. very very gritty, very rocking, uh -huh. but very kind of uh, gritty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say gritty rock Americana. Uh -huh. Now, yeah. what is your input? When they're when when they're making a record like that, or do you have input? Um, I mean, it depends for different clients. But uh -huh. with Sarsaparilla, yeah, uh, basically, Kevin would float me some songs and be like, "What do you think of this?" And I'd be like, "Oh, uh -huh. I absolutely love this." Or yeah. I'm like, "Ooh, ooh, I like this one better than that one." Like, yeah, if the record go in this direction, like, awesome. But if not, you know, I'm not gonna be like, "Yo, you need to you need to make a record like this." Uh -huh. So. From the artistic standpoint, not a lot, but I listen to stuff and I, I, t I tell them what I like and what I, you know what I don't like. Uh -huh. um, I've had artists in the past on the record label um, where they turned in a record and I'm like, oh, I love the whole record except this one song. Can we cut this one song? Oh. I have artists be like, no, we're not going to cut that song. And I'm no. like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not going to try to control you or, yeah, or you know, make a big stink. But I'm going to give you my opinion, I guess. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Huh. Did yeah. They do people get I mean they obviously they obviously they respect what you what you have to say yeah I hope yes yeah, yeah. well yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't be your clients if they correct didn't. yeah yeah but I mean if you ever had a it was you have to be really diplomatic don't you absolutely yes yeah yes on both sides the word, of the fences the word yeah the word that sucks doesn't usually play into it does it no um <laughs> no so i had a friend he's still a really close friend of mine yeah about a decade ago he was really excited he's like hey i want to play you some demos um yeah and i was like awesome and he goes but they're scratch vocals so you know take keep that in mind yeah i was like awesome so he plays me the demos and i listen to him and i'm like oh i really like the songs but you know i know they're scratch vocals but you know yeah you really re need to redo the vocals uh oh <laughs> and he's like yeah they're scratch vocals i'm gonna redo them and i'm like i know it's just really hard for my to give you a full opinion yeah and he's like fine i'll never play you demos again oh, and i'm like no i like them i'm just saying like yeah i'm agreeing with you they're scratch vocals and that's not how he took it and maybe a decade ago my memory's yeah. hazy and i said it a little differently yeah. and it caused this big riff for a bit and he's like fine oh, i just won't geez. play you demos anymore oh man and i don't think he's played me a demo since really yeah wow but, uh, you know, he plays me the completed stuff, and I'm always like, this is great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think he's played me a demo since. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So you, you're in, uh, your involvement in their, their, like, the arc of their career, you know, how, how you're involved more with some and, and, and less with others? Correct, yes. Yeah. Um, even on the management level, um, Again, management to me boils down to just whatever the band needs. Um, and some, some bands, um, you know, have a big grasp on what they want and what they want to do. Uh -huh. And they just need me to help facilitate that. Yeah. Um, others are like, what should we do? Help me. Like, let's yeah. get a plan. Like, wh what do you, you uh -huh. know, what do you, what do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? Uh -huh. um, and we sit down and we just kind of discuss and then we make plans from that. But uh, like Sarsaparilla... When I first started working with them, I mean, there's definitely been a, a huge growth arc um, yeah. since I started working with them. And so I'm, I'm really proud of that. But I went from like, okay, well, we can't saturate Portland so much. We're, you're playing Portland like twice a month. You, you can't do that. Yeah. Let's dry up Portland, concentrate on other markets. Uh -huh. And then let's go for a Doug first show. Mm -hmm. And the band was really nervous about that. I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I was like, you're playing all these free shows and you're playing every couple weeks. Yeah. Like we, we got to, like what we got to grow this band. If you want to, if you're happy doing what you're doing, fine. I can facilitate that. That's fine. But if you want to grow and, you know, take some chances, let, let's do it. And if it doesn't work, we go back to what we are doing. That base, you have this, you have such a solid base. We're not going to lose that base. Yeah. Yeah. And we sold that Doug fur and they're like, wow, whoa. Uh -huh. And so we kind of, with that in mind, they're like, okay, Alex, Great. I'm like, okay, we we gotta stop playing Portland so much. Let's, let's scale back Portland, mm -hmm. um, which has worked to our benefit. Um, we've sold out Doug Fur now four or five times mm. uh, since then, and you know they play Portland once a year, maybe twice a year, mm -hmm. um, maybe a low key show, and then like a Doug Fur show. 
And then we kind of, I was like, okay, well, let's try to work this plan in Seattle as well. But Seattle, you got to drive to. So we got to, right. we got to saturate Seattle first and then pull back. Uh-huh. So we just started bombarding Seattle a bunch and then pulled back. Uh-huh. And then we, we kept moving up to the ranks to where we were headlining Tractor Tavern. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Unfortunately, the lead singer moved to Wisconsin and now he lives in Denver. Oh, jeez. So the band can't gig every week like they used to. Oh. Um, so we just have to do flying gate dates and I, you know, to fly him in, I got to bring in money to make sure we can afford to fly him in and his gear and everything. Wow. Um, so we have to kind of go where the money's go. So we've neglected a few markets, which we're hoping to rehit with, with, uh, the new record. Uh-huh. Um, it's called no country, no flag. Yeah. And so something like Seattle, we haven't done Seattle probably in two years. Wow. And last time we headlined tractor, we got to see if we can re-headline Tractor, but I may, I may cho- tell them, like, look, instead of just, like, jumping in the deep end again, yeah, why don't we open for someone else, take less money, and reestablish ourselves in Seattle before we just kind of take that plunge? Because mm-hmm. if you take that plunge and then have a bad night, you never know if the booker's going to be like, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So yeah. I'd rather, like, yeah. ease back into markets where we haven't been in a while uh-huh. while still, you know, relying heavily on our footholds. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. That's complicated. It can be, yeah. Especially if if the lead singer moves to the middle of the country. Yeah. Well, he's from the Midwest. Him and his wife are both from the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, he's in Denver now, so flights are cheaper. Yeah. And yeah. E- easier. I mean, whatever. A flight's a flight. Take a, take. Yeah. Two hours. Take five hours. Whatever. It's the same right. day. Right. Um, but they're a lot cheaper. And yeah, hopefully I'll. With a new record, I'll have them out a lot more. We also didn't want to start keep, you know, flogging everything since they hadn't put out a record in a few years. Uh-huh. Um, so I wanted him and the band to write new songs uh-huh. and kind of lay low for a bit so we could start playing, you know, new songs. Because even if you love a band, you go see them three, four times right. playing the same exact set. You're just kind of like, okay, that's cool. It's a good time. Right. Like, I grew up a huge Sweaty Nipples fan. Yeah. And I went to all the reunion shows uh-huh. and they were at Roseland. They were like sold out at Roseland, sold out at Roseland. Um, then they, they started moving to Dante's and they were sold out at Dante's, sold out at Dante's. And then me, probably like other people were just like, oh, cool. It's the same exact set. Every time they do a reunion, uh-huh. there's nothing new. It's the same set. They're, that's cool. Maybe, maybe I'll just miss the next one. Uh, and then uh-huh. you know they haven't done a reunion in a long time so I'd probably go because it's been years and years and years but yeah. for a while there they were yeah. doing one like every year or year and a half oh. and then it just became like eh, it's the same show okay yeah still yeah. a massive huge fan but it's just that you keep playing the same set even your diehards are going to be like oh okay you know yeah, yeah. reel back a bit hmm. Hmm. time is valuable yeah, so the rest of the rest of of uh, Sarsaparilla still is in Portland. Yeah, they're all yeah. in Portland. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Jeez, that that must be that's that's really hard on a band. How can they? How can you? How can how can that happen? How how can you? How can they keep in 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 creative touch that way? Uh, the internet. Well, I, mean, I know that. Yeah. Just that's that's a, about it. Kevin yeah. writes and demos songs at home, sends them to the band. Uh-huh. They add their parts, send them back to him. Um, and that's, I mean, that's how the new record was made. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, yeah. and you know, with that in mind, Kevin has to burden a lot more himself that he records himself. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. And then he's, when the songs are done, he sends them the band, they learn them on their own. Then he comes in a couple of days beforehand, they practice and they play a show. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. What's the newest band that you've got? The newest band I got. Yeah. Um, well, the last band I, I took on for management would be Casey Neal and the Norway Rats, uh-huh. and that's been still that's been a, a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. talking I'm talking to someone right now, but um, nothing's been signed, so I won't mention that. But uh, uh-huh. Casey was the the latest one I took on, and that was still I don't know two years. Yeah, like two years uh-huh. ago. Uh-huh. So um, the one that, that you're talking yeah. to now, you don't don't yeah. identify it, but. Um, did you go see them in a club first? How did you find them? No, what happened was... I mean, one the question is, yeah. how do you find them? You know? Yeah. Um, I have in the past... Well, like Casey... Casey ne- well, so the Sasparilla story is interesting. I mean, everything about them to me is interesting. So that's why I'm, t- I'm talking about them heavily. I love all my clients equally. Yeah. But uh, Sasparilla is just interesting to me. 
um, Chet Leister, um, mm-hmm. he called me up one day and was like, hey, my, my friend Kevin wants to sit down with you. He's got this band Sarsaparilla. He would love to work with you. Would you meet him for drinks? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so I met, I met up with Kevin um, and we're talking and we really hit it off and I loved the record that uh, Chet had given me. Mm-hmm. Um, Chet was the, you know, the middleman in this. So I think Chet a lot for hooking me up with sarsaparilla. Mm-hmm. And I get there and so we're at the we're at the tail end of our meeting and Kevin's like, Hey man, we gotta we gotta deal with the uh the elephant in the room before we move further. And I yeah. was like, Elephant in the room, like what's up? <laughs> and he goes, Well, I'm glad we're gonna be working together. I'm excited. But it took Chet getting a hold of you for you to want to meet with me i've emailed you three times and uh, you didn't respond to one email yeah i understand and i was like no i respond to every email that's impossible and he's like no i emailed you three times and i'm like honestly man had to go into my spam folder (laughs) and he's like okay whatever dude we we talked about it we're done yeah and then we started working together and so i went home and i was like so i searched my spam spam folder and it wasn't in there (laughs) <laughs> and he said he emailed me three times over a six month period uh-huh. and I didn't respond to one email huh. and I'm like one email possibly could have missed two. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so. Three. There's no way I missed three emails from the same person and didn't reply to one because I'm very good at replying to emails. Mm-hmm. I've even had people tell me it annoys them that I just reply. Thank you to, to emails. They're like, okay, that email <laughs> didn't need a, didn't need a reply. Just don't. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And a lot of people do, but some yeah. people don't. Yeah. Um, so I was like, there's no way I missed three emails. So I go into my email and then I search my spam. It's not there. So I'm like, maybe I actually, maybe he had some weird header where I just didn't understand it. And so I, uh-huh. I deleted it. So I searched my trash folder. Nope, <laughs> not in my trash folder. So I was like, okay, I, they just didn't go through. Yeah. But I'll search my inbox just in case. Uh-huh. I searched my inbox, three emails from him. Oh, geez. Over six months, all <laughs> unread. Oh God. I didn't even read them. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm just baffled how this is even possible. Like how, how did this happen? Like I must've had, he must've hit me during like the three worst days where I was just slammed or busy or, or, or I, I don't know. But, um, so that's how I found him was, a, was a referral. Yeah. Um, Casey I found cause I put out two records for, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I put out, yeah, I put out two records for Casey and had, so I'd worked with him before and my friend was managing him. And then my friend, um, just kind of got out of music and stopped managing Casey. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I called up my friend and I'm like, would you mind if I like talk to or Ke- and Kevin again from Sasparilla was like, you should, you should talk to Casey about managing him. Yeah. And I was like, so I called up my friend. And I'm like, Hey man, would you mind if I talked to Casey about managing him? He's like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. You're, yeah. you're the one that referred to me to you're, uh-huh. you're the one that referred him to me in the first place. Yeah. Talked to him, so I talked to Casey and boom, started managing him. So that was just previous relationship and had working together before, um, this new one that I'm talking to, mm-hmm. I found her because I had a client cancel a show. Oh yeah. And I needed, I needed to fill the date or the club was going to be very unhappy. Yeah. So I called around some people to try to find someone to fill in the date. Uh huh. And I have people that I hit up that I kind of, I kind of rely on sometimes they're, they're kind of like my go-to yeah. fill in dates. Sure. They're, they're always good for it, last minute stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I really count on them and none of them could do it. But one of them was like, Hey, you should talk to my friend. I bet she'd do it. Like send me a link. Never heard of this uh-huh. person. Never uh-huh. heard her music. Send me a link. Uh-huh. Heard her music. And I was like, Oh, Hmm. I like, yeah. Okay. And then I hit her up and she's like, yeah, I can do the gig. So she did the gig. And then the feedback from the club was just like, everyone loved her. It went off without a hitch. Wow. We want to get her back in here. Nice. And I was like, oh, okay. And it it was a, it was a good paying gig too. So I was like, okay. And so I was like, what's her story? What's her history? So I I went to her Facebook page and was just like looking, reading up on her Mm -hmm. and she listed under management. None. Are you interested? Question mark. Wow. And I was like, huh? So I just shot her off an email. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to be in town in Portland because she's not from Portland. She's yeah. like, I'm going to be in town this date. Uh-huh. Do you want to meet up for coffee? And I was like, absolutely. So we met, we talked and kind of had the same vision and, and goals. And uh-huh. um, I felt after talking to her that 
I could contribute and add mm -hmm. and help elevate things. Because uh -huh. there's other artists I've talked to that I really wanted to work with, but you talk to them and you're just like, you're a way old machine. I don't know if I could really add or contribute to this. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to just come in and, and be an assistant, I, I guess. Well, I it wanna, sounds like she knew, yeah. what she knew what she needed. She did, absolutely. And that, yeah. that helps tremendously, but yeah. Um, she told me, she's like, I'm like a manager's wet dream. And I go, you <laughs> kind of are, you, you're, you're strong, you're confident, yeah. you know what you want, you know yeah. where you want to go. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, are there artists, um, that I manage like McDougal, Kevin Blackwell mm -hmm. from Sarsaparilla again was like, you should, you should talk to him. Um, so Kevin's been like, you know, really like vocal about who he thinks I should manage, uh -huh. which I appreciate. Um, Another client I manage in Seattle, Massey Ferguson, um, they were on a record label that I got hired to do press for, uh -huh. and the label owner um, invited me up to Seattle to stay at his place and go to a show, and then we're at yeah. his house, yeah. and he's like, you should manage Massey Ferguson. <laughs> and I was like, well, they played a great set. Yeah. Um, I'm doing press for them. Like, I don't know. He's like, let's, let's get breakfast with them tomorrow and talk. And you know, So he was kind of like, and I really respected him, um, and was happy to work for the label. Uh -huh. And so I'm like, well, they've got a label. I really, I trust their label. Uh -huh. um, absolutely. Other people have, e you know, I've had, you know, past clients I work with that I no longer work with that have just, uh, have emailed me and been like, Hey, we've heard about you. We've heard about you from a friend. Yeah. Um, or we heard about yeah. you on a Google search. Um, I've actually got people hit me up because of the last, um, interview I did with you. That's good. Yeah, they, they found it on YouTube or Googling it. Awesome. And they're like, hey, we, we heard this. Um, then I did a CD Baby podcast, and I've had uh -huh. people hit me up because of that. Uh -huh. um, Simon Tam from The Slants. Oh, yeah. Um, he sends me <laughs> a lot of referral stuff. He's fun to talk to. Yeah, he's a blast. Yeah. He's just, he's just brilliant. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, As yeah, a matter of fact, you know. I believe I ran your release verbatim when that... Uh, that Supreme Court, the Supreme Court nice. thing came down because it was, it was, it was perfectly written. It was the, oh, thank it was you. the perfect media release. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I try really yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I try hard. And on, I never on, do that. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I always so my theory on press releases and and bios too, and I I tell people this because I've had a lot, a lot of clients when I write a bio, they're like, um. I can't use this bio. It's, it's too long and wordy oh. and no, no club's going to read this. And I'm like, I'm not writing bios for clubs. I'm not trying to write yeah. bios to get you a, a gig. Yeah. You shouldn't be sending bios to clubs anyway. Give them a succinct paragraph or two right. with some links and keep it short and sweet. Yeah. Um, tell them, you know, why you should play in the market, you know, what you've done in the past in the market, or mm -hmm. if you're not, you haven't played in the market before, what you're going to do to help promote it. And you know, why, why you think, uh, you're worthy in a lot of ways. Um, you shouldn't be sending a bio to a booking agent right. or a talent buyer. No, they're not right. gonna read it, no. Yeah. Like a bio is for journalists. Right. And journalists like words. Right. That's what they're, they're writing and reading yes. on. Yeah. So your bio should tell the whole story of the current record from, from your vantage point and make them want to uh, listen to the record. Uh -huh. So I've always thought like, I've said this before, um, you know, like when I do follow, sometimes when I do follow up email on press, when I do like a, a mm -hmm. follow up email, mm -hmm. you make it short and succinct. It's like a handshake. Right. Um, the press release is more like a hug, a little more intimate, a little more information, <laughs> kind of pique your interest, yeah. get you warmed up to want to listen to the record. Right. But once you've listened to the record, or even if you're like on the fence, the bio is like the kiss. It's like the full thing right. that tells a story right. and expands on what the press release did yes. and makes you really delve in and be like, okay, yes, I want to listen to this record or, oh, I listened to the record yeah. Yeah. and now I want to learn more about it. And that's what the bio is for. Yeah. And I've always said a bio should be something to the quality, like a, a newspaper article that you can read verbatim. Right. Um, right, I know it's that's exactly what yeah. you send out. Yeah, and, thank and, you. Um, uh, like with, with with the slants story, and uh, and some of the um, uh, featured videos that we've used from your bands, I always put, I always just run what you write. Oh, thank you. And yeah. at, but at the top, I go, we are told. Yeah, yeah. I, I just noticed that. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Which which means we didn't write this. I've had I've had <laughs> clients, um, been like, no, like. I, I don't like this. Um, here, here, I wrote this. Yeah. And you read it and you're just like, 
it's too much hyperbole. No, people need to know the record's amazing and great. And I'm like, if we had some quotes to back that up, but just us writing it, like journalists get this every day and they just get like a mountain of it. Yes. And it just becomes white noise. Correct. We got we to set them apart. Correct. Instead of telling yeah. them the record's brilliant and great and, you know, a new take on new wave post-punk folk rock. I know. Instead of doing that, it, let's pique their interest with this song is about, you know, your sister leaving her husband and how it really wrecked the family. And this album is, you know about a trip you a road trip you took where you met your wife and like tell them a story where yeah. they're reading it and they're interested in you as the artist and the story behind the record right because every record to me has a story sometimes you just have to dig to find that story um i've worked with artists i had this one artist i'm still very proud of this he was like hey man because he's like hey the only the only angle on my on my story is I'm I'm releasing a new record and I'm like that's not an angle no. everyone's releasing a new record <laughs> right. if everyone if the angle is like <laughs> releasing a new record that's again white noise journalists correct absolutely not right like he's like well I don't I don't have a story I don't ha there's nothing interesting that sets me apart and I'm like yes there is so <laughs> he's like no I'm you know I'm happily married I have a full time job I make good money <laughs> um, I don't do drugs <laughs> I. I have a couple beers after work and that's it. I don't have a drinking problem. Like I'm just this normal, like yeah. middle American. I, it's not interesting. Yeah. And, I, and so we sat there and I'm like, okay, well, what's this song about? And he's like, oh, I live in, I live in uh, St. John's and that song's about, so I get off work and to decompress, I sit on my porch with my guitar while my wife does other stuff and I'll just play guitar and I live in a kind of a, I mean, this is like 12 years ago, so St. John's was probably way worse. Yeah. But he's like, I live in kind of a crappy neighborhood where I see things. And that song's about this, what I assume is a pimp dragging a hooker down the street. <laughs> and I'm like, what's this about? He's like, oh, it's about two drunks fighting in the middle of my street. And, and I was like, well, that's your angle. You, you, you're like this right. well-adjusted, happy guy who sits on his porch and watches this kind of like crap world from your porch. Right. And you wrote a record about it. Yeah. And yeah. then he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was really nervous to write the bio for him because he had a master's in English. Wow. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I've worked with people with master's in English before and they just like, just tear things apart. And uh, I'm like, okay, okay, well, you also have to know your audience when you're sending out a press release or, exactly. or a bio. Yeah. Um, so there's give and take. And I, you know, but I sent him it and he's like, Alex, you, you captured the story. Like this, there's, it's an interesting, he's like, reading this makes me want to listen to my own record. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that's what I try to do with a press release and a, yeah, and a bio yeah, is yeah. instead of hyperbole and like really hype someone up to be like, this is the greatest thing you're ever going to hear yeah. because that's just so subjective. It might be the greatest thing to me and not to you, or it might be the greatest thing to you and it might be like my top five of the year to me. And you know, it's just whatever. I try to make this interesting so you can, you can pique your interest. So. Do you think music fans are still interested in reading music journalism? I'm not so sure. Yeah. Um, yes and no. Yeah. I'm going to say. I mean, we don't have a lot of new music journalists coming out. I mean, no. Other than. And everyone's scaling back their music. Right. Um, and, you know, in, yeah. in this time we've got Bob Ham. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. You know. Um, we've got a we've got a we've got a young uh, a, a young music journalist you ought to take a look at it. Okay, his name is is Francis O'Leary. Okay, and he's really good. Nice, really good. But uh, you know, you know, no. I mean, that's a really hard question to answer, and I, I really got to think about because, yeah. in a lot of ways, no. Um, but then a, a lot of ways, I mean, there's still some some blogs and magazines and, and mm -hmm. thriving, mm -hmm. and and people out there. But then. On, on a wide scale, um, like the Oregonian doesn't have a music writer anymore. No, like they, they, everyone's scaling back to the music factor. section. Yeah, right. Um, like tour press for a band used to really thrive on tour press. And now it's just yeah. like papers yeah. either don't have a music writer anymore. So, right. Right. so they don't cover music at all. Right. Or, you know they have like one section and they have the features writer or, you know, a beat writer that covers it and they cover two shows a week when there's, yeah. they're being solicited 90 shows. The competition is just, you know, gets more fierce every day. Um, so I think on your, 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 your wide scale, no, because the Oregonian still the biggest daily in Portland 
doesn't really cover music that much unless it's a huge show. Right. Um, they're not. And even then. And even then, yeah. yeah. Like if Bruce Springsteen comes down, they'll cover that, but they're not covering like Marty Hughley was amazing and used to cover, right. you know, all the local stuff. Um, those days are gone. Right. So your dailies and weeklies across the U S no, that's shrinking and going away. But then yeah. I say yes, just because there's still people out there uh-huh. that absolutely are interested. And yeah. so they'll go to your pitchforks, your stereo gums. Yeah. They'll still go online and read these blogs and read about music. But I think in a lot of ways, and for like me, I like to read up on music that I'm already into. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I love reading features and reading interviews with artists and kind of getting getting the backstory. Or like Damian Lillard, right? Huge Blazer fan, right? Listened to his record once. Yeah, um, it's probably absolutely very good. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I'm the best judge of rap or hip hop. Yeah, so. And you know, my opinion is, is worthless on that, but yeah. I put it on once and enjoyed it because I wanted to hear him. But then I've read every interview I could on it. I read the Rolling Stone interview. Yeah. I read yeah. a Spinner interview. A um, couple smaller blogs got interviews, and I, I, I put in a request to get an interview, and I didn't. Ooh. And I'm like, you know, these are all yeah. blogs in other, in other cities. I'm, I'm right. Rip City till I die. Come on, yeah. Dame, talk to me. Yeah. We could be buds. I could be like, you know, an older brother to you. Come on. I could be the old man you hang out with. That's just the cooler old dude, Dame. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Um, we have a writer. Do you know Shoehorn? No. Shoehorn's the guy who plays uh, oh, saxophone yes. and tap dances. Yes, he sent me his email at one point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's in yeah. the database. Yeah. yeah. He is a tremendous music writer, but he doesn't write like a music journalist. He writes like a musician. Oh, yeah. It's wow. a totally different thing. And it's terrific because, you know, most music journalists don't know a goddamn thing about music. Zero. But they know, they know the personalities. And they know the songs, you know. But they, you, you couldn't diminish chord. Forget it. No, you can't talk to them about that. But, um, but Shoehorn has a kind of a combination of both. He can really talk about the music as a consumer but also as a musician. And I love his stuff, you know. Nice. I, I I would like I would like to see the the future of music journalism be more along those lines. I could see that, yeah. Then, but but you're never gonna well you're never gonna change anything because no uh, people really just want to hear about the person, the performer. Absolutely, they want to hear about the performer. Really, that's about it. Uh, it's okay, you know. But um, and and that's one of the reasons why you know. Uh, more than fifty percent of what we do at Oregon Music News now is 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 um, is multimedia. Yeah, you know we've got this. We've got uh, Marty's Musical Kitchen, Music Kitchen, where Marty Mendenhall gets a musician and and cooks with him. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. And uh, and and uh, we've got more more stuff coming up. Because Inessa's, uh, we run Inessa's stuff. Yeah, we, you we do. We run PDX Spotlight. Yep. And, uh, and and we run you know, we run a lot of, you know music videos and audio and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, I think that uh, when I when I run across a writer like this guy, this Francis O'Leary uh, guy that we met at a workshop at the University of Oregon last last spring. Oh, nice man! I, thought, I went, oh man, uh, you know. So it's it's difficult to find people to write because uh, I don't know that. A lot of people, you know, have it. First of all, you can't make any money at it. Yeah, there's no money anymore. Right. And for the the writers that do hang on, kind of like going back to Marty Hughley yeah. before, you know, he left the Oregonian, but he went from the music writer to other sections yeah. where yeah. their papers are just put yeah. more time and money into. Like, um, I just I had a client just go through Texas, and I wrote this Texas writer who used to be music critic mm-hmm. at a at a, the Lubbock Journal um, and wrote him. He's like, oh, I haven't handled music in like six months, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, but you're still at the paper. He's like, right. yeah, our music section shrunk so much. We're not right. really covering music. They didn't need a full-time music writer for that. Right. So right. now I'm doing crime reporting. And oh, he's man. like, they're expanding the crime section. And you're well, just like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, I remember when, when, um, when you helped get Oregon Music News off the ground, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that was right after the, the big crash. Yep. I was writing in four sections of the Oregonian. I remember. Yeah. 
and all of a sudden I couldn't get a I couldn't get a, a twenty five hour uh, album review. Yeah. And I, I called you up. I said, well, we got to do something about this, you know, and, uh, and we did. <laughs> Oregon Music News was the breath, breath of fresh air at the time. Yeah, At the time, yeah. yeah. I mean, you it know, our, 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 our objective is, is, is much scaled back now because yeah. you can't make any money with a music magazine. You can't. You just can't. You just no. can't. Unless you just load it down with ads and right. then just start right. posting every, uh, right. every press release you get. Right. And I know a couple of mags out there, that's all they do. They yeah. load it up with ads, and they just yeah. every press release they get, they just they just post the press release. I wouldn't mind being loaded up with ads, but um, yeah, right. <laughs> but we haven't had the a big response from the music community here on those, uh, as far yeah. as that goes, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, we're still here, and we're you know ten years old this this uh, next month. That's awesome! Congratulations. And we uh, we're not stopping. We're expanding. You know, we're we're very very happy here at Artichoke. We got some big oh. things. You know, we're, we're, uh, the, the the podcast right now one uh, one episode a month is video. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Nice. And um, we want to expand that, and and uh, and they want to do a, their own video show here, kind of like PDX Spotlight. Oh, cool! Because it's a nice venue. It is very nice. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, artichoke. You know, I mean, it's 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 iconic. It's it's been here forever. You know, not in this building, but you yeah. Know. Um, so you know. Uh, well, let, let's hope that uh, there's a, a bigger future in music journalism, because how the hell else Absolutely. do you get the word out? Absolutely. Agree. How else do you get the word out? I know. I mean, do you, do you have an answer? Do you know? Uh, it's turning more and more to Spotify. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, and something called, uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Facebook? <laughs> Facebook's Not dying. Anymore. And kids yeah. aren't even on Facebook anymore. Oh, I know that. I know that. Um, Instagram. For the kids, but the kids are using more and more uh, newer new stuff. Oh yeah, my daughter just told me uh, yesterday she discovered this artist. She was really excited to play for me. Yeah, on something called TikTok. Tick- oh, I've heard of TikTok. I haven't I haven't been there. But I don't I'm... even know what TikTok is. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm still like you know dipping my feet in Snapchat, and, I, and it's on the <laughs> way out. I feel so like yeah, I feel aged yeah. out. Right. Um, I, so I have this friend. He's a computer programmer. And, Going back to that, we've talked we've talked about that a lot. Uh, well, we've talked about he he's the same age as me. We've been friends forever. Um, he's like, you know, the older you get in the tech industry, the more they want you out the door. Yeah, and I feel yeah. the music industry is a lot like that too. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose so. Just, I mean, um, I, it's so fragmented. It is fragmented, it's, definitely, it's and there's totally fragmented. You know, you know, different different yeah different pockets like yeah. americana is definitely a different beast than rock or yeah. you know yeah, yeah or yeah. you know pop you know. absolutely you know i got a good yeah. audience uh, uh, friday nights playing soul music at kmhd nice it's a it's a nice size audience at least at least ten thousand. you play a lot of northern soul i don't use the term northern soul okay i fucking hate the term northern soul okay fair enough <laughs> Because it's soul music. There's not the, the, the fact that it might have some connection with what people in in in, in Great Britain like. <laughs> it's, it's not something that I'm interested in. I love that. Okay. You know, I'm interested in the people who who were from Memphis made the music, and people and places like that. Yeah. Okay. So, I understand what Northern Soul is, but I've never used the term until this minute. Ouch! I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to force it on you. It's okay. Uh, But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, soul music music revival still still seems to be going well. Absolutely. You know? Uh, I would love to work with a soul band. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ural Thomas and The Pain. Sure. They're amazing. Yeah. Well, Scott is is on before me on KMHD. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. DJ Cookie Parker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, absolutely. Himself, right? I know Scott. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm on after him. Oh, cool. Okay, that's yeah. a good. That's a good block. It's a great. Yeah, that, that, it's a great block. Yeah. Nice. Um, and of course the 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 uh, the baby boomers on before Scott. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, he does a good job. But, but anyway, uh, um, I was uh, gonna go back to music journalism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love uh, it to come back, but yeah, I, I feel like nowadays. People are discovering music from Spotify or yeah. these these alternative means, and music journalism has taken you know taken a wayside. Longer are the days where I'd go pick up the Rocket and discover sure. new bands. I used to yes. pick up the Rocket every week right. um, and read, and just I'd read and be like, okay. Or 
um, I, I get, I used to get criticized a lot in this town for loving skip loader. Like everyone ever said that to was like, ew, gross. They're, they're awful. <laughs> and I was a huge skip loader fan. And uh-huh. every time I'd say that to, you know, people in Portland, they're just like, Ugh. and even my friends were just like, yeah, this band's not that good. And I absolutely love skip loader, <laughs> but I heard about them because they got reviewed in the Oregonian. Yeah. In the A&E yeah. section, and I yeah. went out right. to Warehouse Music that day, and I bought their CD, yeah. and I was blown away. And it was like this Portland band that signed a major label. And, you know, to me, being 15 at the time, I just thought, like, every Portland band that signed a major label is going to be the next Everclear. Right. So I wanted to be on the cutting edge and, like, discover this band before the world did. Yeah. And, you know, Skip Loader, you know, uh, didn't pan out. But... uh like I heard about Pond Through the Rocket, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. like so many great bands that I absolutely love. And I'm so excited Pond's getting inducted in the Oregon Music Hall of Fame this year All and right. going to perform. What, 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 is it, what is your position with the, the Oregon Music Hall of Fame? I'm just a board member. Okay. Uh, this year, I mean, like this year for the Aladdin event, October 12th, our induction ceremony, uh-huh. our, yeah, our induction ceremony. Yeah. I'm in, our, I'm in charge of ticketing, so I got to deal with all the guest list oh, tickets. Boy. <laughs> Yeah, the other board member um, who was handling that, he stepped down. And so I kind of got voted in to do it without my <laughs> approval. I was out of the room at the time, and I came back. Um, probably like guacamole all over my face. Cause I, I went to the bathroom, and then I got some chips and dip. And I come back, and I'm just like... Hey, guess what, Alex? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh... And then I was, I was like, you know, I was like, ooh, that seems like it's going to take a lot of work and time. I'm going yeah. to have to pass on that one. And then Terry pulled me aside and he's like, we really need to get this done. I'd really love you to do it. Yeah. And I could never tell Terry no. So right. I was like, of course not. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, in the immediate right now, um, I'm handling a ticket for that event, but uh, I work on sponsorships mm-hmm. for the Oregon Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. I help book events. I'm in charge of our spring event, uh-huh. um, which we actually didn't do last year because we just couldn't find an act to, uh, to pull it off. We need, uh, our first year we had Portugal, the man, our second yeah. year we had blind pilot. Yeah. Last year would have been our third year doing it. We call it the Oregon backstage uh, spring event. Uh-huh. Uh, and last year I just hit up a bunch of people and the whole thing is we want to sell hundred dollar VIP tickets. Yeah. Um, and sell like 25 of those and sell like 75, $35 tickets uh-huh. and then have these artists donate their time, obviously, cause we're a nonprofit. Right. Um, and we make it really small, like have it a, a band that can sell out like the crystal ballroom, but put them in like in a hundred seater and yeah. make it really intimate and just make yeah. it special. Yeah. And last year just didn't come together. I talked to a bunch of people who were like, love the idea. Can't yeah. do it. Uh-huh. Love the idea. Can't do it. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm actually working on that right now. So I don't know. We, uh, um, when we when we set out kind of board positions and and did you know this this chart of what everyone's job was, uh-huh. I was in charge of, of booking and marketing, uh-huh. um, but it kind of just all switches and everyone just does what yeah. we can to to make the cause work. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, man. It's nice to see you. You too, Tom. Thanks this for having me. It's always been it's always fun talking to you. Heck yeah. Yeah, and uh, see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Is there is there a tune from one of your bands we we could go out on? Um. Yeah, let's see. Since I've talked about Sarsaparilla so much and kind of didn't talk about the other clients. Um, okay. Uh, I'll give you a song called "Gasoline and Matches" off of Sarsaparilla's forthcoming record. Okay. So this will be the first time anyone's heard it. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> 